0: Are you in a position where you're defined by your age and that's limiting you to pursue a dream or goal you want to accomplish? The More Than Your Age podcast is about having conversations with women who fully live their lives without being dictated or defined by their age. This is a space to encourage women who feel blocked to pursue a dream or goal based on their life circumstances. Welcome to the More Than Your Age podcast. I am your host. Erica Pazbar, Let's start living life fully and become more than your age. When I first started teaching Spanish, I remember a co-worker came up to me and said, oh, hey, now that you're our new Spanish teacher, you should teach Zumba to the staff. And I thought, um... I don't know if like Zumba and being a Spanish teacher are like come hand in hand. I mean, I didn't see that in the job description, but uh, yeah, maybe. And then I thought about it and I was like, ooh, that would be fun. Um, And then that was that. And then like here and there, I've thought, ooh, that'd be fun to be a Zumba instructor. So that's like all I think about. I was like, ooh, that would be fun. Um, And so spoiler alert, I am not a Zumba instructor, but I do think – One day I will be, and I think maybe when I'm older, like retired age for myself. I don't know. We'll see. But my uh, guest today actually is a Zumba instructor, and uh, this was not a lifelong dream of hers, and she's not a Zumba instructor for, uh, you know, teaching staff, she has created this whole program, this whole membership, this online community of women and men who come and participate in her Zumba classes and how she got to where she is um, and then this big life-changing event that happened in order for her to make this big shift from working in corporate America to pursuing this dream of becoming a Zumba instructor um, is really powerful. It's touching. Um, I know that you um, will learn a lot and um, just be inspired by my chat today with Martha Palacios. Today, joining me on the More Than Your Age podcast is the lovely Martha Palacios. Martha, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much, Erica. I am so excited to be here.
0: I am very thankful that you're joining me. I like to think back when I first met you, which was a little over six years ago. I think you just started your business. You were fresh. You were excited. You were eager. And it's fun for me. I know we haven't been able to see each other, um, but I've been able to watch and observe on social media for the past six years. And you've just grown so much and you still have that excitement and that eagerness. And it's just really exciting to see the growth that you've you've had. um, And then I'm looking forward to seeing where it'll take you in the future. So I just think that's really neat.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. You were one of the first people who reached out to me, wanted to talk about what is that I was doing. Uh, I vividly remember that you came to a Clyde Warren Park class in downtown Dallas. Uh, So I do appreciate that so much, Erica. Uh, I, I remember you so, so well. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to the the rest of our conversation, too. So you, um, to tell the audience, you were born and raised in the beautiful country of Costa Rica. It's a beautiful country. Of course, you know that. Um, I would just love for you to share with us what life was like as a child through um, adulthood or whenever, you know, whenever you left Costa Rica. Just a little brief intro about that.
1: Of course. Um, I was actually born in El Salvador. Oh. And we... Moved to Costa Rica when I was four years old. I know it's confusing because I always go back to Costa Rica, and that's kind of where you know I grew up. But I'm originally from El Salvador. We moved to Costa Rica. Uh, my parents decided to go because because of the war
0: in El Salvador,
1: and then I I grew up in Costa Rica. So uh, it was a lovely time, um, but. It was always, um, I always tell people I'm a two-time immigrant because even in Costa Rica, even it was, you know, the, the same region, Central America, I was an immigrant there. And we were a family of five and living in this small town in Costa Rica. And it was just the five of us. We didn't have any other family. Um, so I love my time there, but definitely I I already felt like, you know, I love this place, but I come from another place. Uh, and then, of course, I moved here. Uh, and then I'm an immigrant again. Uh, but honestly, each place where I've lived, uh, it's part of my identity. And I like to say I'm a citizen of the world. I love it. And, and um, yeah, so they, they, each place has made me who I am
0: now. When you were living in Costa Rica, growing up there, you said you were an immigrant there. Did you experience any type of, I I don't maybe not discrimination, but just that hey, you're different because you're you're not you're not Costa Rican. Did you experience any of that, or what what was that like?
1: You know, um, people notice your accent um, and your last name. uh, And my parents had a small loafing store in downtown San Ramon, which is the place I grew up, and everybody knew that we were the Salvadoran people. (laughs) Uh, It's a small town, so people, you know, everybody know each other. Uh, But luckily, I don't think I experienced discrimination. Uh, Costa Rica was always um, a very open place, welcoming place. That gradually has changed um, a little bit, but uh, we were in a small town, very quiet, um and uh I I felt very welcome. Um and we had a really good time there.
0: You uh, and you lived in Costa Rica up until what age?
1: Until 24.
0: Okay, until 2000-
1: 2009. nine. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, When I was 24, that's when I moved to, yes. And it was 2009 when I came here to the U.S.
0: Okay, okay, thank you. That's just what I wanted to double check. Well, um, before we get to that too, I want to know just now that, um, you know, you've lived in the States for a while, what are some key differences between culture that you've experienced?
1: Well, you know, when I just came here, the first thing I noticed it was that there were no people on the sidewalks. <laughs> <laughs> so I come from, so in Costa Rica, you can move everywhere in public transportation and you always see people. So even though I was from a small town, everything you, you go to El Centro, or San Ramon downtown, there's the church, there's the park, there's the school, there's the retail. So you're always seeing people regardless where you go. So when I came here, I was like, "Where are the people? I thought all these beautiful sidewalks, but people are not walking on them, right?" So then I realized that everything is so spread out that you have to go to, I don't know, the mall or to a restaurant or something to find where people are, and that was was surprising for me. Um, And so, so yeah, I think that 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 was one of the big shocks for me to try to find community as well um and um what else was very shocking um i'm trying to think nothing comes to mind right now to be honest with you i think everything was so different (laughs) like everything from the food to you know the places the language um that i was just taking everything in and trying to learn how to live here um and without my, my family, of course, and everything I knew.
0: Was English taught? Were you taught English growing up, or did you not know it when you moved here? No, really.
1: But I did take some English classes because uh, when I was in middle school, um, I thought I wanted to be a journalist. And I said to myself, if you want to be a journalist, you're gonna to have to travel the world. So you better start learning English. So I told my dad, hey, I want to take private English classes, right? Because you are supposed to be taught English in school, but it's not good at all. You don't learn anything. Uh, so, uh, so he was like, okay, let's let's make it happen. Something that I am very blessed with. My my parents always. You were trying to help us learn and, you know, be academically excellent. Um, which is something that I think they they were really trying to to work because, you know, we being immigrants, we were reminded that we had to work harder to get where we wanted to go. And um and I don't know if that's necessarily true, but also it was a technique they had to help, you know, to make us work harder, right? So, um, so yeah, so I went to, to private English classes um, and I learned, you know, a lot. By the time I was in college, I could already have conversations and I had taken pretty much as much English as I could. And, uh, and I needed just to practice more with, with actual people um so when I came here, I was definitely fluent, but my English had to be Polish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I came here, I said, the first thing I have to do is to improve my English. So I went to UNT for an intensive English program they have there for foreigners. Um, and I was there for a few months, just improving my English skills.
0: I never knew UNT had that. That's where I went to school. So I didn't know that they had that. That's neat.
1: Oh, yes, they have it. And it's so good. And I was I was with people from all over the world. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I really, really enjoy it.
0: Do you have you kept up with many of the people that you were in that program with? Or are they still local? You know, I
1: wish I had, but no, because they were definitely all over the place from different countries. I don't I, I became friends with some of them in Facebook, but honestly, no. But we have some really good times uh, one of my closest friends was from japan uh, she i know she went back um, but yeah it was definitely an amazing introduction to being here and getting confident with the language which for me was so important because my degree is in communications so i went to school for communications with an emphasis in public relations So in Costa Rica, I was already working for a big time agency, working with big clients like Delta Airlines for Costa Rica, for Central America. So when I came here, I'm like, how in the world am I going to do what I was doing in Spanish, but in English with that (laughs) level of proficiency? So I was so intimidated, uh, nervous, um, but I knew I had to start somewhere. So I went there and that gave me a lot of confidence. I did a little internship there as well, um, that nobody, um, that it was not formal. I just went to the, <laughs> to, to, to one of the offices, um, uh, of the international department and said, I need to practice more English. So what can I do for you? Can I do a newsletter? Can I do, you know, a podcast, anything? So they told me, oh yeah, you can do our newsletter. So then I was doing the newsletter. Um, and it was, it was great. So. So, yeah, definitely a great way to get started there.
0: That was really smart of you to reach out, to figure out, to find different ways to work on your English and to practice that so you would get better. That related to your skills that you already had. That was really smart, Martha, Um, which I know (laughs) has helped you uh, further down the line as well. Now, you Mm -hmm. said you came here to the States, to Texas specifically, right? Yes. Okay. At at age 24, what made you come here and why did you want to live here?
1: I never knew I wanted to live here. That was was not something that I ever thought about doing. The reason why I came here is because back in college in Costa Rica, I met my husband, now my husband. uh, He was doing a program to improve his Spanish in Costa Rica. So I was there trying to improve my English. He was trying to improve his Spanish. We met through a friend and we hit it off. We spoke English all the time. So my English got really, you know, much better. His Spanish, I don't know. (laughs) But um, Eventually, you know, we we dated um, and he proposed. I said yes, and we said, okay, are we going to live in Costa Rica or are we going to live in the United States? Um, and because, you know, the United States um, is the land of opportunity, and uh, I was very curious about how it would be to live here. We decided for me to come here and then see if we felt good. If not, we could always go back or I could go back um, together. And yeah, that's why I came here. He's from here, from Dallas. So I ended up in Texas, and that's, that's what happened.
0: When you two were dating, the whole time you were dating, was it in Costa Rica or did he move back here and you were dating long distance? He moved back here.
1: He stayed there for six months. Um, and then he came back and we were dating long distance, which is very hard if you've ever done it, uh, it but it's doable. We did that for several years. Um, and yeah, so yeah, that, that was
0: it. <laughs> that oh, So, you know, long distance is hard when you're living in the same country. I can't even imagine in two different countries. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. The happiest moments is when you go to the airport to pick the other person up. Oh, my God. And then when you leave, you're crying. Oh, my God. It's a whole roller coaster thing. But it was definitely worth it. Um and when I'm and married and staying here, and it's been um, over ten years now.
0: Wow! So, what did your parents say, or what did your family say when you said, um, "Mom, Dad, we're I'm I'm getting married to um, this gringo, and I'm moving to Texas"?
1: <laughs> oh my God, that is that is very accurate. Um, so, when I look back at it. I honestly think how amazing my parents were, that they were okay with it. Um, Because, you know, I was in my early twenties when I got engaged uh, and they didn't know who this person was. They had already met him, but being in a long distance relationship, I'm the only person who actually knows him. They don't come with me here to visit, right? Um, So, they were, they knew that, you know, kids are meant to create, you know, build their own lives. And they trust me. They, they told me, we trust you, Martha, we, your judgment. That you know you know this person well enough. And that we've taught you well enough how to make those judgments. And that you're going to go. Um, and you're going to be okay. So I can't imagine how hard it was for them internally. But as Latino parents, it's hard for them to express their emotions, I think. Um, and I know they miss me so much. And I miss them terribly. Um, it, the, first, the first months here were not easy. Um, uh, but yeah, they, 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 didn't, they never told me no. They were excited for me because they saw my happiness. They saw how excited I was and they gave me their blessing and just let me fly.
0: Wow, that's huge of them, because I would imagine that would have been insanely difficult to let their daughter go off with this man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Matthew wrote a a letter. Um, I remember Matthew wrote a very nice letter that I translated into Spanish, and he went home and asked for permission uh, for my dad and he read it (laughs) it was it was very nice but but yeah still you don't know who this truly who this person is um so yeah uh, we we made it work
0: yeah yeah and that's really i mean if you think about it that's really young too to, to move um i mean people do it all the time but just to move to a different country it's very scary um so that's um of course, you did that for the the man that you love. So that's wonderful. <laughs> now you you moved here, and did you guys get married? Did you get married, and as soon as you got here, or were you engaged and lived here for a little bit and then you got married?
1: Well, that's the thing. When you come with a fiancé visa, you have to get married quickly mm. because if not, then you are sent back. So uh, we had three months to plan and to the wedding which was honestly a tiny little thing it was never meant to be big and always only my mom was able to come uh which was hard um but yeah we we married quickly we didn't have much time to kind of see how we would who we would feel to live in together as a couple um we were just figuring it out as you know as as we went um so three months yeah
0: Okay. Wow. And then you went to the English program with UNT. So after that, did you uh, find a job pretty soon afterward? Or how long did, what was that process like?
1: The process after that was not easy because I, okay, I had the program. I have my resume updated and I was sending it everywhere, but very few people were giving me a chance to have an interview. And I knew it was, I mean, I had experience, but you know, it's, it's hard when you come from, from another place in a university that people have no idea <laughs> what it is, where it is or anything. Um, so I got some interviews, um, didn't, didn't go too far and I was getting very discouraged uh, because I knew how capable I was. I knew of all the things I had already done. And I just needed someone to open the door and allow me to prove myself. Um, And it was not happening. Um, So I decided to do something else. I said, I'm going to apply for internships, even though I had already done plenty of internships. I already had, you know, uh, three years of experience. But, okay, I'm going to do it. I have to do what I have to do to prove myself. So I found an agency that worked with um, customers, Uh, of clients, an agency that want to reach out to the Hispanic market in the U.S. I'm like, okay, they probably need somebody who speaks Spanish, so I can do that. So I applied for the internship and I got it. Um, And yeah, so then that that opened the door for me to start working again in public relations, which I did several years. Um, And yeah, that was like the beginning of it. Then I discovered that... (laughs) I wanted to be a translator. so I've done several things. In my work as an agency, I was like, hopefully cool it would be to have my own business. I think I already had that in the back of my mind, and I'm so good at translating, because even though I was doing PR, sometimes I had to translate things, because I was the only one that I could do it. So I was like, "Oh I think I can make a living out of this." And I quit my job to become a translator, a professional translator. I, I did a, um, a program. Um and I did that for a while, but definitely I discovered that was not for me. It's a very lonely thing to do. And I went back to communications.
0: <laughs> you went back to did you go back to the same company or was it a different company?
1: No, I went back to a nonprofit organization here based in Dallas. It's called Big Thought. It's an education based. Mm-hmm. Um and I went as the communication manager there and I loved it. I, I did knew. When I was working in agency, that some of my favorite clients were nonprofits, um, and I wanted to go back, but in a non in the nonprofit world, so um, I went to Big Thought.
0: Okay, and how? Okay, so you were you were at Big Thought in the nonprofit world, and you you know you already said that you stepped away for a little bit to do this uh, to be a translator, which in a way was you kind of starting your business of doing that. Went back to communications and at some point you decided, you know what, this this entrepreneurial itch inside of you was stirring up to start your own business to where you are now. Walk me through that process as well.
1: <clears throat> okay. So I was in Big not very happy, honestly, but working a lot. Um, like, I think it happens with everyone at some point. Um, and something happening in my life that was big really big. Um, my dad passed away. Oh. And that was very hard. Um, I, uh, I was lucky that I would get, I got to spend like a month with him before it happened. Uh, he had, you know, heart conditions. He grew up poor um, and he developed diabetes at a young age. And we knew he, was, he always had that, but it got worse, even though he really took care of himself uh, after um, he realized he had that. Um, so when it happened, that really gives you perspective. Uh, when somebody close to you uh, passes away, it gives you a perspective that I think nothing else can. And I was 30. I had just celebrated my birthday um, and I went back to work and I was like, I don't know, like thinking about it. What is that I want to do? Do I want to stay here? Is there anything that I want to do? And I knew inside of me, I've always wanted to do different things and be creative and have more ownership of my work. Um, and at the moment, one of the things I did was to take Zumba classes on the side. It just made me so happy. And I knew I really missed this. That was some a social activity I did in Costa Rica that I did not find so easily here or people to do it with here. So I was missing that. I took Zumba classes and I was like, man, I have so much fun. And then I started following different instructors who are like celebrity Zumba instructors. They do it full time. I'm like, oh my God, how cool it would be to do this full time. I mean, how can they do this? Um, so I I was doing that and I said, oh, I'm going to become an instructor. So I went through the training and just on the side, I had my job, of course, uh, and I was like, oh, I'm really liking this. Um, and I think it was a combination of factors. So I was a little burnt out at work. Then... My dad passed. That gives me like perspective. Life is too short. If there's something you wanna do, go for it. Um, then I started experiencing chronic low back pain, which was because I was sitting too many hours <laughs> without enough exercise, functional exercise. So I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, and everything got me thinking, and I'm like, if I can do this. Um, You know, I think I would like to give it a try. I want to give it a try for a year. So I had a serious conversation with my husband. I said, can we financially make this happen? Um, And we did the numbers. Yes, we could. And I said, if after a year, I don't think this is a good fit, I'll go back. I, You know, I, I can always go back. So we decided to do that. So I remember the day I quit my job. I was doing really good in my job, and my boss was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> she was surprised that I wanted to leave this, you know, good job and everything for becoming a Zoom instructor. Um, but that's what I wanted to do, and and I went for it. So, and then I started from the bottom because I had zero experience on how to be how to be a fitness instructor. Even myself, I didn't exercise even that often, you know, I was not a gym junkie or anything like that. I was, I just had this passion for dancing and for,
0: and honestly, I
1: discovered also this passion to help people be healthier because of what happened to my dad. I said, I want to help people be healthier, live longer, happier. I really enjoy themselves. Um, And that's where everything started.
0: Wow. And it's in a way, you know, like you said, you it put perspective for you on life. And in a way, it's a huge way to honor your dad as well. Um, I think I know he would be very oh. proud of you. And I'm sorry for your loss, Martha. Thank you, Erica. Thank you. And I
1: honestly, I see it like that when I think about my why. Because sometimes, you know, running a business is not easy. Sometimes you really have to remind yourself of your why because you start getting discouraged because it really is not easy. Um, but then I go back to my why and why I started doing this. And I'm like, man, if I can help, you know, one person be healthier and happier and live longer, I'm I'm OK with that. So. So, yeah, thank you for that.
0: Absolutely. You. Oh, so when you quit your job, what year was this?
1: It was 20. Let me see. Uh,
0: 16. OK, so it was right when I met you um I was thinking Mm -hmm. it was at the very beginning um because I remember that's when I met you it was around 2016 um or maybe early 2017 but I'm pretty sure 2016 okay so you get started and I mean what's step one yeah you became an instructor you had to do that but then it's like well where do you go from there how do you get people to take your class (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so definitely the license to become a Zumba instructor. Then I became a certified, an actual certified fitness instructor with the American Council on Exercise, which is you have to study and sit down for a test. Um, so I said, okay, I need to start gaining confidence and practice because like anything, I had to start there. So I started working for a non-profit part-time as a fitness instructor. So I, I would go to schools and teach Zumba to parents and kids. So it's, it's, it was very nice because um, they were short classes and in a very safe environment. Um, and I could, you know, start building my confidence, my stamina, because teaching a 10 minute class is different than a 60 minute high energy class. Um, so I was doing that. I was also um, not only teaching classes, but I was also teaching parents how to live healthier lives so we had a curriculum about food nutrition and exercise which it was so aligned with what i was trying to do so i really enjoyed it i had to do english classes spanish classes teach movement um and i did that for um you know over a year um to 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 gain confidence but when i felt like after like six months that i had already you know I could teach a class. Then I started teaching classes to friends, and then um, I said, "Okay, it's time for me to create, a, you know, a website, a, my Instagram, and start looking for partnerships where I could teach classes for free." Because of course, nobody knew me; nobody was going to pay me. I think to go <laughs> to, to go for a class first, I needed to teach for free, you know, pay your dues. So I, that's how I started. I did some classes at the Dallas Arboretum were in Park, um, I was looking for studios where I could teach a regular class, I did that at the YMCA, and that's how I got started uh, to put my name out there for people
0: to know me. Wow. And it's huge because if you think about it, like you're going to, I mean, yes, the classes are free, but you're going to places where it's frequented by many, many people. So, like you said, Clyde Warren Park, I mean, they have different events all the time, but getting there, I mean, getting that specific location, I think it's a big deal. And then also the Dallas Arboretum, you know, there's, like you said, you're fresh starting out, but there's tons of people who've been doing this for years and years and years. And, but you're getting these spots. I mean, that says a lot about you. (laughs) Well, I, I have to
1: say that I am lucky because since I come from the communications world, I got to use all my communication skills to, you know, to promote my business. So I knew I was working hard to be a great instructor. That was always my goal. Like, it's silly, but let me tell you one thing. When I started working on my master plan, uh, I remember I opened a document and I said, what is my goal? And I, I think I still have that piece of paper. It is to become the best Zumba instructor in the world. That's what I put there. And here's the thing. There's no best Zumba instructor in the world. We all have great, you know, skills. and uh, But I knew I wanted to be a top instructor. I was not going to be regular I was gonna be a top and that meant you know um, the very first and most important skills which is actually teaching an enjoyable and inclusive and encouraging and effective class first and foremost one that makes people feel you know empowered confident safe um, and then also I was gonna work very hard on my marketing make sure that that was you know the image it was you know the class was or the marketing was as good as the class um so from the beginning i was like if you want to be taken seriously or be taken seriously you have to act professionally your business is not a hobby it's a business so you act at it from the day one Uh, so yes i have an instagram i have a website i took a professional photo shoot um you know you have to make an investment uh and then you go to networking events and then you meet people and then you put yourself out there and you have a business card so i'm like no this is not a hobby this is a business and i'm gonna treat it as such so people can take me seriously as well so i think that helped a lot uh for me to start lending these space, these places uh you know at the beginning um and i'm lucky that i have those skills to to
0: be able to do it yeah that's huge and your mindset is is extremely key in all of this you know like you said you had that background but then you knew your goal of what you wanted treating this not as a hobby but as like this is a business so I got to treat it like a business and that's what I'm gonna do did you when you were in the midst of all of this and even now um you know because the whole point of this podcast is being more than your age or more than the season of life that you're in did you struggle with okay well I'm at you know, I'm 30, or I'm at this age, I'm too old or young, or I'm not like where I should be, or I'm, you know, I, I am not a native, I'm a foreigner to this country. So did any of that play in factor into your mindset? Oh, my goodness,
1: everything you have said, everything you said, I thought, Um, I was like, I'm already 30 although let me say 30 is not all right I
0: know.
1: (laughs) when it comes to fitness you know you see a lot of popular instructors in their early 20s or 20s you know and I'm it's not like I know how to do this I'm just gonna get started it's gonna take me time and I'm like oh my god so I thought about my age for sure um I had Remember when I started I still had low back pain that I was trying to recover from. So definitely. Uh, I thought about being a foreigner and I'm like, but oh, what if people don't like my kind of my style too Latin or you know it was just so many thoughts. But I'm not gonna be younger than I'm already am. Yeah? So I cannot take back it, but a it, time back and I am going to just do it. I just go for it. Uh, in five years from now, I'm going to thank myself that I started now instead of waiting more. So just do it. Just go for it. Um, and the beauty of what I do as well is that movement is something that keeps you young. Um, it just, it just does. Um, and and that's also now that you know i am 38 now uh getting close to 40. i'm thinking you know the age factor again again comes to mind as i plan where i want to take my business and i think okay am i going to be able to keep up with this space am i going to have to add another movement options what is that i'm going to do i'm always thinking about it but I know there's so much ahead. And, the, and when it comes to movement, movement, there are so many options. Uh, and dancing is something you can do any age, absolutely any age. Um, and it's so good, not only for your body, but for your mind. But I did have to, to go back to your original question. I did have to find those thoughts that I might do all for this. But I said, I can sit down and think about that, waste time or just go ahead and do it (laughs) and get there faster so I'm like no I'm just gonna do it and honestly I cannot encourage anyone at any age to go for something you want because living with regret I think it's 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 hard um and and we're always gonna find our people no matter the age no matter what you know when it comes to Zumba instructor you know you're always gonna find your, your your group uh, but in anything that we do in life, we're always going to find people that relate to our story and what we're doing. Uh, we just need to go find those people. Um, but but yeah, it was definitely a factor I thought about.
0: Well, I'm glad you overcame that. Absolutely. I think it's important. It's an important message for women to hear, you know, um, obviously. Well, so, you, um, so you're doing all these classes for free and eventually you started making money. Um, were you just charging for classes or you would had these events and charge for them or how, how was that?
1: Yeah. So, um, I started, um, yeah, I started hosting events. So I would charge per person. Then I started looking for corporate clients that would pay me to go to their businesses and teach their employees, um, which I did a lot of that. Um, and, uh, yeah. So basically I was doing both of those things, teaching, um, to, um, my businesses and also hosting my own events, um, and getting paid for doing like big events that were free to the public, but I was getting paid for, um, so I was doing all that, um, and then COVID hit,
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and then COVID hit. I, yeah, that's actually was going to be my next question. COVID hit, you had to completely pivot your business, um, I walk us through what you had to do and the shifts that you had to make, which I know everyone in that time frame had to do that as well. But what were some of the changes you had to do?
1: Yeah, well, all my clients, all my classes were in person. So, you know, I definitely, it was a big shock at the beginning. Nobody thought it was going to last as long as it did. Um, or at least I didn't. So I said, oh, I want to try to teach classes online while we, you know, while we go back um, to in-person. Um, so all this happened so quickly. I remember the day that I I sent an email and said, okay, all every all the classes are canceled. Um, and I'm going to try to put together my first live stream in YouTube. I had no idea how to do that. Mm-hmm. I have never done that. I had no camera. I had nothing. And... I I remember telling my husband, "You have to help me figure this out." My husband works in IT, so at least he he's you know more savvy with technology. So oh my god, I did a lot of research, and we're like, okay, we're we we're going live. I I posted in Instagram that this was within a week of me canceling the the class and everything shutting down, and I remember people were sharing that like crazy, like that post had like 150 shares, like. Uh, people were just saying, yeah, Martha, I'm going to be there. Um, and then I started teaching virtual classes like that via YouTube in March 2020. And it was a big hit. I started doing, I decided to do donation-based. So to allow people to donate when they could or if they couldn't, that was okay. People were very generous. Um, and I was doing this two, to three times a week for the rest of the year. It was a crazy year. I I honestly did not expect the response, um, but it was overwhelming um, and it was great. It was great. Um, and I decided, so here's the thing before COVID hit, I was already working on a business plan to open my in-person studio. Um, I went to, uh, to take some business classes and everything, and I was working on the plant. I was starting to look for places and then I had to, of course, put that on the side. So at the moment I was like, people are taking my online classes. Why don't I launch the business with the idea I had in mind, but like a virtual business instead of, a, um, you know, in-person thing. So that's what I did. And that's how I launched my membership in September 2020, Social Joy, um, which is a combination. The name comes from the fact that, you know, being social in community and the joy of dancing. Um, And that's what I did. And I launched the membership and I've been doing that since. Um, And it was completely unexpected where life can take you. I do remember that before COVID, uh, somebody had asked me, have you ever thought about doing online classes? And I'm like, no, that seems like hard. That seems like, I don't know, I don't know how to even start. And then when you're forced to do it, you figure it out, of course, Um, and we've been doing it since. So it's been a roller coaster. I've learned a lot. I'm still learning. I'm not nearly close where I want to be, but we are there in the process. Um, So, so
0: it's, it's been great. With your membership, uh, would you tell the listeners what that entails, especially if somebody might be interested in, in taking or being a part of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the membership is a month-to-month membership, Zumba-based. Um, and what we do is that we have live stream classes uh, that you can take, you know, in real time with me. They always get recorded in case people cannot take them um, at the time. We also have an on-demand library uh, with lots of workouts, not only Zumba, but I understand that when it comes to movement, you want to have a balanced routine. So I also bring guest instructors to teach uh, yoga classes and strength. Um, so we also have all that in the library. Um, but of course, the people who want who sign up for it is the people who also love to dance because that's the main, the main workout there. Uh, then because there's a big community factor in my membership. Um, That is many of the times what keeps you going. Um, So we do member meetups, virtual and in-person. We also do in-person events for the people who are local and the members get to come for free. Uh, We do mindfulness breaks. We do journaling, meditation. Um, So we just do all all these activities to get us moving Uh, and to just bring joy to our lives on a regular basis. So I really love it because it's more than just a membership, it's a community and it's something that I thrive on because I really wanted that community aspect. I need it as a person as well. Um, And people get to know, know other people, become friends, um, and it's, it's, it's my favorite part, um, that, uh, being able to, you know, nourish this community, um, and, uh, and make it what it is today. It's constantly evolving. Uh, and that is the beauty also of a membership. You know, you evolve with your members. Um, but we have, we have a great time there. <laughs>
0: Wow, I didn't realize that, you know, I knew that you had a membership and I knew I knew Social Joy and that you offered classes. I didn't realize there were meetups involved with that and like you said the journaling and the meditation and the whole community aspect. I think, you know, that's why um you know, CrossFit, like so many people loved CrossFit and I still think they do love CrossFit, but main part of it was the community aspect. It's like, yes, you're working out, but there's a huge community part to it. And having that with your organization, with, with Social Joy, um, is huge, especially for the people who love dancing and Zumba specifically. Um, I think that's great. And you stated too that you, you know, before COVID, you had this idea of opening your own studio. Is that something you still want to do? Or are you wanting to pursue more Uh, your online virtual community that can also do meetups as well?
1: You know, at the moment, I am very focused on growing this online um, community um, because, you know, the the beauty of it is that, you know, you can reach people from anywhere. Um, And because also I'm from Costa Rica, it's funny, my mom and my sister are part of it, you (laughs) know, they test with me all the time. Uh, So I think there's a beauty in both things, you know in person and virtual. But one thing that I appreciate very much about having an online based business is that I can travel with it. And if I eventually, because this I have to say, it's always in the top of my mind. If I ever go back to Costa Rica, I can take that business with me. I do host a lot of in-person events here in Dallas and they are important. um, But you never know. So, um, and also, I think about eventually having an in-person place. Definitely, that's something that I, I think I, I, if I am gifted with many more years in my life, I think I eventually would would create that. But I'm not in a rush for that. It's not It's not a. It's not a goal that I have right now. Um, right now I'm very much focused on uh growing social joy the uh, the online business and also have that in person you know opportunity for those who are local as well um because i i love it as well i love the 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 in person energy um so a little bit of both worlds yeah
0: mm-hmm. well and it's huge too like you said that if you're continuing to grow your online business you can take it wherever. You can go on a, a trip, and then you can still offer a class if you if you wanted, you know. Um, and or if you decide, you, get, you and your husband decide to move to Costa Rica, that um, you don't have to shut down your business. So that's very smart, smart thinking there, Martha. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> you good know, and it's inter-
1: <laughs> back in January, we actually in December and January we decided to go to Costa Rica for seven weeks which is the first time we've stayed that long and we live stream classes from there so we rented an Airbnb that was big enough to do classes with good internet reliable internet and we did so we did our first international live stream from there <laughs> early this year and it was so fun and i'm like oh my goodness this is just this is just wonderful that i can still do this um, so definitely, yeah, I, I love that, that the technology allow us to do something like that these days.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love it too, because at the beginning you said, I, at, at the beginning of doing online classes, you're like, I don't know how to do cameras and set it up. And then now that's the whole premise of your business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh Yeah. Oh, my God. Now I'm all over microphones and things. I mean, I'm always checking lighting. Uh, we have a whole little studio here. And, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, uh, all the things that you can do.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Martha, I have uh, just one more question. It's a question that I um, typically ask most of my guests, or I ask it in some variation. And so, you know, we talked about already the whole age thing, and, and was that a, a factor in your decision? And and you know, you answered that. Um, but I also would just love for you, um, if you could just encourage one woman who feels limited. And um, based on her current season in life or because of her age to pursue whatever that may be, what advice would you give her?
1: I think I would tell anyone I would tell anyone that aging is a privilege um, and the older we get, like the more um, confidence in theory we have, the more knowledge we have, the more we know ourselves, the more we know what we like, what we don't like, what we want to put up with, what we are not willing to put up with. Um, And as we age, we develop all these skills, all this knowledge, and it's gonna help you to do anything you wanna pursue. It's gonna help you make better decisions. Um, So if there's something you wanna do, Don't don't wait for it. I mean, definitely, you're always going to find your people. Um, And that's something that I have gladly discovered with my business. The more I, the time passes by, the more I know myself and I can be myself. At the beginning, give me just, uh, let me give you an example. I was afraid that I was too Latina for the market, that... Uh, so I, I try hard to bring other music, which is something I do. I always bring a variety of music because I want to get everybody to feel something that you really like. But there was something inside of me telling me, are you too Latina? Is this too Latino? And I'm like, then I I, I discovered that no, being my, me, I mean, giving my style to, to Zumba uh, was great. People loved it. And I found my people. Um, so definitely, um, we're not going to become any younger. Uh, and there's just so much, so much life and so much opportunity um, in what we do. And I would definitely encourage you to start where you are. Start little, small progress, that inconsistency, and, and go for it.
0: Huge. I um love what you said too that age is a privilege. Um, so getting like getting older is a privilege. Um, because you're right, like we aren't guaranteed tomorrow, we're not guaranteed all these years, and so the fact that we are getting older is a huge blessing in our lives. Um, Martha, I absolutely loved hearing your story and I I'm so excited for you and your business and and where it's continuing to grow. I will um, provide your website and your Instagram information and the show notes. Um, Do you have anything else you want to share about your business or where people can find you before we leave? Yes, absolutely. I mean,
1: I, well, as you have heard, I love to dance and I definitely think, Dancing is one of those things that keep us young Um, and I would highly encourage you that even if you don't dance to find a way to you know to to dance or move your body and if you do enjoy it uh, go to my website there are there's a free class there and everything that you can uh, have access on demand check it out Um, it's for all levels and um, and just keep moving because it's definitely something that brings so much joy to our lives It makes us feel good at any age.
0: Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm a big advocate of dancing too. Well, Martha, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for joining the More Than Your Age podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Erica. This was a pleasure.
0: If you are encouraged by today's episode, like and subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with a friend. You can find me on Instagram at Erica Shorey. That's Erica with a C, Shorey, S as in Sam, H as in happy, O, H as in happy again, R A E. Keep striving for your goals, live fully, and we'll catch you next time on the More Than Your Age podcast.